RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. It's Tuesday morning. That means Tech Tuesday here at Reality Check Radio. Stephen Sykes joins me again from his network center in Christchurch. I thought and, it was Underground Bunker. Oh, well, it, it changes every week, mate. Oh, that's true. And remember, it's virtual. So you, whatever your imagination or wherever it takes you, that's where ever, mine took me. Have you ever seen The Lawnmower Man? No. Everywhere but nowhere. Oh, right. Okay. I'll think about that. Okay. So good to have you back, Stephen. And uh, let's tell people how it's going to roll in this program and ahead. We're sort of evolving into um, how we're going to do things long term. So we're going to look at some uh, news items first in tech, just a quick whip around. Then, oh, I'm going to be interested in this because I used to think uh, QR codes were amazing. I even mm-hmm. made a T-shirt with a QR code on it as a promotional thing so you could put the you know, the phone up against it and, and go to a link and all that. It's really cool. Now, not so much. I'm very suspicious of them, and I see them as it's sort of like the mark of the you-know-what. But anyway, yeah. we'll talk about them shortly. First, though, to some of the feedback items, which are always coming into inbox at realitycheck.radio. What are people um, getting in contact uh, with the program to ask you about, Stephen, or their comments? Let's let's hear a few. Well, um, thank you for all the feedback we always get. I always read it, and it's always great to read, um, whichever way it goes. Um, So the lady who wrote in about uh, the cell tower out her bedroom window, she says it's more of an internet tower, which... um, instead of a cell phone tower, which is basically it'll have um, antenna on it for directional um, internet traffic rather than a general purpose cell phone tower. Those um, are the really ugly ones. I don't think any of them are terribly aesthetic. No, but those are they <laughs> particularly, I think, I'm, yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as to whether or not that's the problem, sort of depends on which way the it's facing because they tend to be focused. Um, again, an assessment will help answer that. And I note um, in uh, your feedback there, Brongman, that you ask if anybody might go to Marlborough. I happen to know that someone would. Um, on the contributors page, there should be going up at sometime very soon um, various links that I put about um, EMF, including people who will do assessments. Um, you might want to try and contact Rob Noble at um, spectrumanalysis.co.nz. He's based in Christchurch, but I'm pretty sure he'll travel uh, to Melbourne to do that kind of assessment. And there's also a point or a question about Bluetooth hearing aids. If you can not use those or insist that you um, use something older, um do your best. I know you're probably fighting a losing battle with that one, but um, I would continue pushing against not using it or having it disabled in your um, in your rear hole. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because it takes it right in inside, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, it does. Yeah. There's only a few other ways you could get that inside your body, and um, and let's not go there. No, we don't go there. But the ears, yeah, right next to the old brain. Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody else had written in about, um, had, had also made notes about the insects that used to um, smack into their kitchen windows at night, and they have reduced hugely. Um, and guess what happened? They Someone slapped up a cell phone tower. Okay, right. Hmm. Yes, okay, that's interesting. Um, no more bugs, or hardly yeah. any bugs in that area. Yes, so yeah, not getting a great deal of... Uh, 
uh, visit and visitors on the insect variety turning up for the bug would it be like in one of those movies where they turn the beam on and people grab their heads and their ears and ah, you know in, in star trek it used to happen quite a bit i guess that's what, what it's like for the bugs when they yep. fly into the cell phone radiation you know yeah yeah well they're in the soup too just like we are but it, yeah. it affects them more okay well that's um that's interesting any more um, somebody had said that their friend used to work in a call centre 20 years ago but passed it from a brain tumour at age of 62, which is a bit sad to hear. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that could be a, a catastrophe, um, slow-motion train wreck over time. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Before we get to the news, anything mm-hmm. else? Um, somebody also talked about the resident frequency of 7.83 hertz and commented that the center of pyramids are exactly the same. Oh, okay. Like the any pyramid? Um, probably or just the, the, the great pyramids yeah, of Giza or something? Uh, Bosnia. Probably uh, pyramids of Bosnia. Or, but they're probably all pretty much the same. I remember hearing ages ago, I don't know if it's true or not, that if you put a razor blade either inside a hollow pyramid or on the top of the pyramid or something, it would sharpen the blade. Oh. That was probably just a you know one of those things that that people made up but sounded good. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um what was the frequency again? Seven point eight three. Okay. All right. Um, anything else? And no, that was all. So on to news. Um under the category of um, a brown pants moment, a large Danish um, cloud provider called Nordic, um, uh, they kind of had a bad day. Um, they were on the receiving end of someone going full Viking on them, and their entire data center, all the data and all the backups, were encrypted. They were shifting data from one cloud from from one location to another, and in the interim. Um, basically got hacked. They claim that no data was actually breached and said it was just all encrypted. And then they, the attackers stuck up a ransomware and they were saying, you know, don't pay it. So um, this is one of the dangers of cloud stuff. And uh, please have your own backups independent of whoever your provider is so that if uh, you get told by your provider, sorry, the whole lot's gone. So much so that Nordic. Well, that'd be a sinking feeling, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, that would that would be a geo. I don't think I want to turn up to work today. I have to cry. Yeah. Um, So, do we know what the ransom amount was for these um, for these chaps? I'm not too sure what what it is, but they're um, basically saying don't pay it, whatever it was, because it it continues to encourage it. And then if you do pay it, yeah. But if you get your data back, though. Well, there's no guarantee of that because they might say, okay, well, thanks for paying that amount. Now we want more. All right. Okay. Just, yeah. All right. So it's lost essentially. Yeah. Um, So much so that um, Nordic was saying to the um, most critical customers, if you want to get back online quickly, go to another provider. Oh, wow. It sounds like it's all over. It's a very bad day for them. Yeah. And customers. Uh, Unless the the hackers at the ransom... Um, folk, ha- you know, have a guilty conscience after a while and say, well, yeah. actually, we've been a bit rough on them. Do you think there's any, any chance <laughs> of that? <laughs> you are being sarcastic, right? Yeah, of course I am. It's never going to happen. 
Yeah. I mean, exactly. going the other way, you should never do that. Otherwise, people, mind you, you want people to pay up something in the end, don't you? You want to kind of do a deal. I don't know. What do I know about that? Okay, so that's uh, that's a bad day for them and all the all the data owners that uh, were using that cloud system. Good point about cloud systems. What else is in the news? So um, September 10, 11 in Christchurch, there's um, a, it's called a Smart Christchurch Innovation Expo um, at Tepay Convention Centre. You can get tickets um, on Eventbrite. So um, I'm going to go and uh, check that out and see what's there. I do believe there is a small um, electric aeroplane, like maybe a two-seater or something like that, yeah. um, a bunk, um, amongst a bunch of other things. So... Um, I think I might pop down and wear the appropriate um, branding. So yeah, I was uh, going to say the uh, what the hoodie or the sweatshirt and the cap, of course. Well, I might I might wear all of it and, and the know, bag. I don't have a bag and the pen because people want autographs, right? So <laughs> oh, for that we okay. need a vivid. For that we need Stephen a vivid. Sykes. I think we need a vivid, not a ballpoint yeah. pen. Okay, yeah. All right. So, what's the name of the um, event again? The Smart Christchurch Innovation Expo. And who puts it on? I'm not sure. I just sort of recently come across it and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go see what's there. Do you need to say smart and innovation? Do you uh, actually need to say that? Because, uh, uh, you know. It's a you know, buzzword. It's a, bit, it's a bit wannabe, isn't it? Yeah. We're smart. Uh, we're innovative. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You've got to say what it is, I suppose. We'll, say, right. we'll see how dumb it turns out to be. How smart and innovative are people in, in Christchurch, though? You should know. I can't tell you. <laughs> well, there's quite a bit of technology there. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Tate Radio based there? Still are. Yeah, well, they were. I mean, they were making radios when I was a kid. That's mm. how long they've been around. So, yeah, pretty good. Okay. Um, anything else? News-wise? Yes. So um, Mozilla, the people who make the Firefox web browser and originally the Thunderbird um, email client, have put out a petition to Microsoft. They have got four lawyers and three privacy experts to read their um, privacy policy um, around whether or not Microsoft are using customers' personal data in order to train their AI. Now, these lawyers and privacy experts cannot for the life of them figure out um, what the answer to that question is. They oh. can't tell. They can't tell because the the um, Microsoft's um, policies and all that kind of stuff are so convoluted they can't work it out. It's not well, that'd, that'd be on purpose. More than likely. So yeah. the, the petition is to Microsoft, are you using personal data to train AI? Zoom tr um tried doing this sort of thing and received pushback. And then they said, yeah, okay, okay, sorry, our bad, we won't do it. But you never know if they actually are doing it or not. Well, you know, there, a lot of fibs are told these days, bare-faced, plain sight. So, yeah, you know. So, uh, um, so my advice on that, and it always has been since the mid-90s, if you're using Microsoft, don't do that. Okay, um, I'm just wondering... From all that data, you know, we hear this term, training AI. I mean, what sort of training? You're looking across what sort of data? People's messages? Everything. Their personal data, everything that's in, in Office How do you render that down into training, though, for AI? I mean, you've got to make sense of it all somehow. Well, yeah. I guess that's it, software, is it? They have models, and 
the input for which the model and um, works on is all the data. So you need, you know, data in order for it to get better and smarter. So in in the case of an autonomous vehicle, the data would be taking the car out on the road and driving it, and the environment um, basically gets fed into the system and it works out how to drive in very simple terms. So it looks at people's, let's say, you know, keep it with people, people's communications looks for patterns in the way things are communicated. Like, let's say, you know, you, you, you're being, um, you're breaking up by email. Okay. So someone sends the email, sorry, it's all over. Here's the words. It, it looks at a million of those, let's say, and then it can work out the best way to break up with someone. That's a cool example. Um, yeah, it, it could do that. Um, you feed that into something like ChatGPT, like, Write me a um, a yeah. uh, a breakup. Um, the, yeah, the ideal yeah. breakup um, email. Yeah, it's got a. I don't want to too brutal, but it's got to say what I'm feeling and it sort of minimizes the impact at the other end. Yeah. So, yep, Mozilla's petition is to say to Microsoft, you know, are you looking at everything in people's um, Office three six five, Teams, Skype, Xbox, all that kind of stuff? Of course they are. If, um, I mean, my, my spidey senses have always, you know, had um, an inherent mistrust for Microsoft. And why just them? Well, all these others, but why them? Well, well, they keep giving over time, they seem astute on wanting to give me a plethora of examples of which to reinforce my opinion. Right. Okay. They don't help you out. <laughs> they don't and help. Bill Gates. Nope. Mm, okay. All right. Um, and uh, I guess they'll be waiting for a while for an answer, one that they can understand or decipher. Any other news before we move on to QR codes? So um, very big company that a lot of people might not have heard about, but I've been using their tech since 1989, is ARM, Advanced Risk Machines. And I, I could talk all day about these guys. Um ARM design cores for um, CPUs and system on a chips. Basically, the uh, rough equivalent would be they might design an engine um, for a car, and then a customer comes along and takes that design, constructs the engine, and puts it into their own product. You know, the body of a of, of a car. Right. So that, they don't actually manufacture chips at all. They just design stuff. You could say, like an architect might design a house, but the architect doesn't build the house. You give that to um, the um, chip factories. That that would be a very intricate process, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, um, it is. But um, ARM is so critically important because their technology, their CPUs, is, it's in the latest Macs, the M1, M2 Macs. Virtually everyone's um, smartphone has it. And the reason those chips are so popular is because their power output compared to power consumption is very, very good. So in 1996, the StrongArm CPU, which um, featured in the um, Acorn Risk PC, which I still have two or three of, that thing, you could attach a thermocoupler to the back of an Intel Pentium CPU of the same era, and the electricity generated from the thermocoupler would run the StrongArm CPU at full speed. That's how good they are. Wow, okay. But okay. um, ARM is a very strategic company. Um, earlier on in the year, and NVIDIA, who make graphics cards, um, 
wanted to buy them off uh, SoftBank, which is the Japanese version of 1NZ, um, and regular um, regulatory said, uh, yeah, I don't think so, because um, that's going to affect competition. So uh, how this IPO plays out, because there's going to be a lot of companies that want to get their fingers in that pie. Yeah, someone's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, and con- well, if not that, it's control. Both. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, let's move on then to um, this week's uh, topic, and that is QR codes. Like I said at the start, I thought they I was a, sort of a fan of them for what they could do, the positive side of their use, but the last two years especially, um, yeah, don't like QR codes anymore. Well, I think there's a lot. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, shall we say, uh, emotional trauma around those because of the expectation that we were all supposed to be having when we entered into buildings, when people had to desecrate their shop windows with with these things. Um, QR codes, or QR stands for quick response, and it was originally created in 1994 by Denso Wave. And if you know Denso Wave, they are a subsidiary of Toyota. So if you buy an original um, or genuine Toyota part, it'll be made by Denso. And the reason they, they created this was so they could track the manufacture of parts and, and vehicles during the manufacture so they could yeah they have a just-in-time system don't they so they need to know where everything is all the time yes and qr codes um, basically replace um, multiple barcodes because the information you can store in a qr code supersedes um, several barcodes so you can just scan one thing instead of three or four things on a box and still get all the information you need okay and the, um, the QR codes that um, people stuck out in their businesses and so forth. Um, so me being a curious kind of person, I wanted to know what's in it. Um, when I say that, I also read the labels on food. So that's how, you know, <laughs> that's how I roll. I read food labels too. Um, that's okay. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> so on those on those sheets of paper that were on shops, you typically see the business name and the address. Now, that information was inside the QR code. In addition to that, there was a version number, um, and the ones I've scanned would typically C19, column one, which I think might be a version of the QR code that um, MBIE was using. There was another field called type, and it was I don't know what it was quite for, but it came up with entry, so maybe that was... When you were entering into a entering entering into a business, um, there was also another field um, which isn't displayed on the sheet called a GLN. Uh, that's a geographical location number. And when I first saw this, I thought that looks very much like um, an NZBN that the company's office might produce. You know, a, a business number. Yeah, business number. Yep. 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 Got that. Um, mm. So it turns out because I went and asked questions that that number is generated in the same way that the company's office do create the NZBNs. But their purpose here for the geographical location um, works like a postal code, but with a much narrower focus. So like in a shopping mall, all the different shops had one, but each number would be specific to a shop. 
So it's not geolocation like G GPS might give you. It's just like, well, this shop is is here, and it links it to the address. So wait on, how does it is is the same code or or QR code? Is it for every location, no. or it's slightly different each one that it, they? It's slightly oh, so different. when you apply for one, they make you one for you. Yes. Right. Yes, they make one for you, and if you've got multiple locations that you need. Um, or sorry, need uh, expected to provide for people to scan, then you like the have... warehouse, for example, so yes, like the so chain you, store, yeah. So, like the fact that you went through, um, you know, staff went through a particular door at the back or something like that, you might have one there that they were supposed to be scanning. I don't know, of course, we're speculating on how they did place them, but again, the, the type field for entry, you could have one the fact that you left because that would indicate when you went into a building, when you left the building. Uh, have they been recording all that data? Yes. So the data that's actually in those QR codes, that by itself is fairly benign, okay? Because the poster, if I can call it that, basically told you most of what was in the code, all the important stuff. But it's what happens when you scan the code and for using the so-called official QR code um, tracing app, that's when it scans there and then feeds up to uh, the government the time and date that you happen to walk in. And why do they need to know that? Why in the hell do they need to know that? Because that's what Big Brother does. Uh, I went on. This is kind of blowing my mind. The way I had it, and, and I never complied with that. I never put that on my phone. No way was that ever going to happen. Cold day in hell, all that sort of stuff. But I thought that it just, you know, gave you the tick and the person who could yay or nay you into the store would go, okay, you're ticked in, you can come in, end of story. But no, everywhere you went using that code was being recorded and archived, I would imagine, by our government. Correct. Well, no one asked anyone if that was if they could do that. No, you got told. This is how well, no, they, 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 did they ever say that up front? I never heard them say that. Oh, by the way, every time you go, we're going to keep a record. We'll know everywhere you've been for how long, everywhere you've been. You know, we can work out your patterns of retail, restaurants, bars. Yep. Where you go, how far away you move from your bloody homes. This is ridiculous. Yep. Man. So can you imagine what would happen then? If we had 15-minute cities and they impose some kind of emergency lockdown and then you go and scan somewhere that's outside of where you're supposed to be. You're not living, going in, baby. Yeah, well, and the cops will, will turn up, maybe. It'll, it'll, it, it won't be the fact that you won't be denied necessarily. It'll be what the ramifications are afterwards. The penalty. The penalty. You're, out, you're outside of your zone, pal. They're already there. This is why they did this. This is why they did this. See how compliant we are. Well, but also to have the architecture. You test the, you test the system. You tested the compliance. Yep. You've got the data archiving and I would imagine the, you know, the, the, the way they interpret all the metadata around it. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's stunning. I hadn't, I hadn't gone to that level. Interestingly, the source code for the QR tracing app was posted on uh, GitHub, which is a repository of a whole bunch of free open source software. I was surprised that it was there at all, but um, my cynical side was saying, well, 
that doesn't mean to say the code they're publishing there is the code they're actually using in the app itself. And yeah. there is there is a comment um, on the GitHub page saying that uh, I can't I don't know what date they put that on, but they weren't submitting any more um, bug fixes. So if you found a bug in the app and you tried to go what well, here I've written some code to tweak it to make it work better. Not yep. interested. Wow. Okay. So um, I I I went and scanned codes with a um, not with the official app um, by any stretch of the imagination. I just used a generic barcode reader because I, I was interested in the data in it. But when you scan it, um, the information I've just described doesn't get presented to you in plain sight. It's actually um, base 64 encoding, which is the same kind of encoding that an email attachment, like a, a photo, gets um, encoded into before it's transmitted. So when I my phone's showing base 64 encoding, I know what that looks like. I can just eyeball and go, I know what this is. So then I just decoded it, which is quite simple. Um, and then that resulted in JSON code, which is JavaScript object notation, which is a key value pair system. Um, so I thought, okay, I can, I can read this. It's quite obvious to me because I can I can work with this. What it what um, the data that's being transmitted every time you use the tracing app? Yeah, that's um, that's depressing as hell. Um, they've been doing it. This is why they did it. Yep, but and so you can is... never get people to do that and use this system without something really to drive them to do it. Yeah, and they, and they did it. Desperation, perhaps. Well, I, need I don't to... know about desperation. Just got to do what you got to do to to put in the 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 levers of control. Yeah, but desperation, like I have to go and buy groceries. I need to go. I need to feed family. I need to. Uh, yeah, well, they, they they let you into the food stores, right? Remember what they traded on: hairdressers, pictures, or or cinema, bars, restaurants, and um, and you know events with multiple with crowd crowd events. Mm -hmm. They they denied or or threatened those, and that was enough for the little scared sheeple of New Zealand to to give up their. Freedom totally on that. What a low bar. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. This is an example of a technology which, when it was made, was for completely, you know, uh, good purposes. Useful. Yeah. Use, useful, legitimate purposes. And then, if I can use the term, got weaponized totally. uh, um, for this. Um, so, this is why I, I've always said, I've always feel that technology is. Um, is by and large a good thing, but it all depends on how it's implemented. It's the will of the of the um, the orchestrator. Yeah, but this is the government. I know doing. I know. It. It's not oh, like yeah. some you know um, Doctor Evil corporation. This is the freaking government. Mm -hmm. The smiling assassins. Yeah, but outside yeah. outside of QR codes um, used. Um, on the outside of businesses and so forth, when you come across them, you know, these days, I, I know there are people that just don't want to scan them, period, um, which is, you know, not a bad approach to have. 
but at the same time, you know, sometimes you might come across menus um, in restaurants that you're supposed to scan a QR code in order to see it. Um, be mindful of um, the, the, the code because do things like run your fingers over it to make sure that someone hasn't created their own code and placed it over top. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so like a, a little sticker over the original one. Yes. So it's like a hack. It is. So like, you know, in the same way that people get phishing scams via email and they try and imitate your uh, an email from your bank and they give you a link to click on, they take advantage of um, a subtle misspelling in order to get you to believe that you're going to a legitimate yeah. site. So yeah. QR codes can host a whole bunch of stuff. It's, you, it's technically possible to encode an image in it, but it's a very poor one because the... Um, amount of data you uh, storage space you have to fit that stuff in it's usually you know two or three kilobytes and that assumes that you um turn the error correction down really low um error correction is, is quite a cool thing because you may have seen qr codes that might have um say company logo splashed on it somewhere yep and that's when the error correction will um, figure out the content of the qr code anyway it's a, the error correction works like if if um, someone writes you an email or they're dyslexic and they always get their words in a mucking fuddle and your, <laughs> your, your brain just goes, okay, well, I know what you said, but I also know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So the, the error correction. Well, you actually almost re-spell it in your head. Yeah, you do it on the Auto-correct, fly. Auto-correct uh, in, in virtually. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, um, look for any sort of um, – little slight ridge there to see if it's been stuck over the top. And sometimes businesses uh, have them in their window. So if they've got them stuck on, say, on the inside of the glass of the business, if you're going to go scan one and it's on the outside of the glass, on the outside of of the business, behind the sticker to see if there's a second one on the inside. Because if if someone's trying to obscure the one on the inside with their own one and you're not um, paying attention, you might be scanning something. If um, they line it up right, yeah, you might be fooled, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And don't go ahead and just um, uh, scan willy-nilly and by default go and um, accept the the data that's in there. Use a QR code scanner that will present to you the raw data that's in there. And then you need to, uh, you need to be vigilant and eyeball it and make sure that it's okay, um, that it looks legitimate. The, um, it is possible for QR codes to um, provide a springboard to kind of a hack. But this is usually with the URL data type when there's like a link to a website. Okay. So do you think that QR codes will hang around for a while? I think they probably will. But, you know, like anything, you just need to be paying attention. If you're using a QR code scanner, I mean, and and most smartphones these days have the scanner built into the operating system. But if you're using something else be mindful of the kind of permissions that it could ask for if it if it says that it wants access to your microphone um or gps or even your contact lists or the ability to send text messages it's like what i don't think so yeah no way yeah you don't need that in order to function of course the easier thing to do is to implant a little chip 
right? And well, you, fact, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like like the Swedish people are doing. Yeah, you could if you if you've got NFC on your phone turned on. I would suggest turning it off. Um, if someone's stuck, um, certain uh, uh, receivers inside the stickers, and your phone picks it up. Um, if there's um, software exploit that can be taken advantage of, it could be. Yeah, I was just thinking that um, QR codes could be superseded by people with chips in them. So you don't even oh, need yeah. to, to do yeah. that. I mean, we might as well just go to that now. Well, you know, the other thing too with that is that um, you know how they have um, a lot of modern cars have tyre pressure monitoring systems? Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so if your tyres are getting too low, um, the car will tell you, you know, pump some air in the tyres, please. Tyre low. Yeah, so the those tyres have uh, Bluetooth transceivers in them and they broadcast to the car so they know they broadcast the tyre pressure. Well, those have MAC addresses in them which can be scanned for. So you can basically um, track a vehicle if you have sensors um, on or near the road when a vehicle goes past because it'll pick up the MAC addresses broadcasting from the wheels. So if you've got um, things under your skin, and I'm looking into the future, you don't have to scan in because you'll just walk through a passive scanner and it'll just read your chip and boom. um, So you won't need a smartphone. You're in. You won't need a smartphone in order to know that you walked into a building and into a particular shop. Yeah, they'll know wherever you go. They'll know. So just wear wrap your body in tin foil under your clothes. You'll be fine. Yeah. Anything more to say about QR codes? We're almost up against it. Um, yeah, just just be vigilant and be sure that if you do use them, that you're scanning that something that's legitimate and um, be aware of the data that is. Um, being scanned and therefore being transmitted. If they looked on my digital record for that, they'll find that I didn't go anywhere because I never had one of those bloody things on my phone. Yeah, so I never installed they, it. But they even know that. Yes, oh, although technically you could install that app without Google knowing that you installed it. But then if you were going to go to that extent, you're like, what's the point? So Wait on, would they know your identity from the scan and data or do they just know what device it came from? They'll know what device it came from, absolutely, yeah. And they know your number too, wouldn't they? They could easily find your number. Um, I don't know because I've never installed the app. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if it um, – I mean, you certainly get the device ID. Um, yeah. It might potentially get the IMEI number, which is the phone's unique international um, – Identity number. So then you could. That, that'd be logged with the phone company, <clears throat> wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so that'd be picked up by cell phone towers. So the phone company would know it. So you could absolutely um, verify an identity. Yep. You could you could marry that data up easily. Yeah. Well, they would, they just by not having a, um, a trail of that, you know, they could say, well, this guy's not buying and he, we've got to watch him. Well, you say, oh, I, I'm sorry, I can't install it on my um, on my dumb phone. Yeah, but then they say, we well, you know what phone you've got. <laughs> yeah, well, there is. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm sort of running away with it. Okay, but that yeah, is but freaky. That is you freaky. Might, you might be running away with it, but it's completely plausible. Yeah. Well, look what they've done already. All right. Well, that was really interesting. Really interesting. Thank you, Stephen.
I hope you learn something. Um, let's, uh, let's do it all again in a week's time, shall we? Sounds good to me. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.